On this episode of AV Week, Almo acquires a content creation company. Avixa has a new recommended practice for network security. And LG and Cisco have a partnership that helps their products work better together. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week. Episode 360, recorded Friday, July 20th, 2018. Figure it out. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Biam and by FSR. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. With us to talk about the news and information that we have gathered this week. First up and foremost, uh, YT Lang from A10. Welcome, ma'am. Hi, Tim. Thanks for having me here. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, also with us, an old friend with a new job. His name is George Fournier, and he is now with Danker. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Uh, also with us is Mr. Brad Grimes uh, from the trade organization known as Avixa. Welcome, sir. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me again. Uh, and last but not least, Mr. Jim Nista. Uh, Jim uh, was formerly, he's the founder of Instio. Uh, and this week, uh, Instio was purchased by Almo. So you are technically with Almo then, right? Right. Yes. Thanks for uh, having me. Absolutely. Uh, welcome. Uh, actually, that's the story we're going to start off with. So uh, this is from a commercial integrator, quote unquote, Almo Professional Systems has acquired a content creation company, Instio. Uh, the companies have had a close working relationship in the past uh, few years. Uh, Mr. Nista, you are now uh, the senior director of content creation services for Almo Professional AV. So the first question is, is to you, actually. Uh, with this purchase and, and with this overarching service uh, sector that Almo has, has tried to develop, why should integrators use, uh, and end users, honestly, for that matter, use content uh, from distributors like Almo? Yeah, it's um, uh, the, the most important piece of the puzzle for digital signage, um, and I'm not the only one who says that. <laughs> I'm biased, but I'm not the only one who says that. Uh, and, but oftentimes it's left on the table. Um, it's just missed or it's pushed back to the client or whatever it might be uh, because integrators don't have in-house creative teams. And um, so a lot can go wrong when you don't have an in-house creative team or creative resources to turn to. You could lose the entire project. Uh, you could frustrate your end client. There's a lot of things that can happen. So um, we, uh, we started working with Elmo several years ago and, and became their exclusive content team uh, for all of the projects that are coming. So this is sort of a proven uh, service, nothing new here, but uh, it's now just part of uh, uh, Almo. So that's all we work for. So is there any sort of, of will, will folks who have used Almo in the past for this service and obviously have used you, is there any sort of, of notice that that will happen? Or is it simply, okay, it, it's Jim and his team. They just now wear Almo shirts instead of Instio. Yeah, exactly. For, uh, you know, partners we've already been working with, they shouldn't notice anything. Uh, new integration partners are coming in all the time on this because they are getting requests for digital signage projects from their end customers. We know some integrators just don't like touching it at digital signage. And when I press for why, it's because they've had challenges with uh, the content creation side um, and left their, their end customers uh, somewhat frustrated or dissatisfied or whatever it might be. 
And so now they can lead with that as a solution. I always say that end clients are not here to, to with digital signage, they're, they're not here to buy a bunch of technology. They're trying to solve a visual communication problem. And so that's why meeting with content first, being able to offer that um, is huge. So if you're a small team, a small integration team, or a larger one, um, now, you know, this is just a much more streamlined uh, approach to getting your content. Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting approach. I actually I paneled, a, a, I, I was the moderator of a panel at uh, Digital Signage Expo this year uh, with three integrators. Each of them had a different go-to-market strategy when it came to, to the content creation. It was very interesting. Uh, that actually, George, will bring you in on this from, from the end user standpoint. Mm-hmm. Does it matter? Who supplies the content, um, the integrator or third party, or, or letting you uh, you guys go out and, and kind of get it yourself? Um, short answer, yes. Long answer, no. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's a company I worked for several years ago had a great uh, way they came to market. They provided um, AV for retail. Okay. And the whole thing was they, they always claimed you know, it was all about the wow. It was, they wanted to make sure that the client was always communicating their uh, message. And it didn't matter whether it was a projector on the wall, a bunch of TV screens, or paper flyers that somebody was handing out in the mall. It always had to have that same continuity to it. Now, that company actually made a huge investment in having a bunch of graphics guys on staff, a bunch of uh, marketing people on staff. And, you know, it was a big big part of the overhead was, was handling all of that internally. So for some projects, it was great. For other projects, that took us out of the uh, being competitive because of the pricing. Now, when you have smaller companies who a client comes to them and it, it's not their mainstay to actually um, do digital signage, but somebody comes to them and says, hey, I have this opportunity, or can you help me out with this? Sure, right out of the box, we can handle the technology, but where's the content come from? And they say, well, you know, our marketing guy is going to do it for now and then um, we'll figure it out later. So, you know, the screens are live for six months and then as the, as the message changes, it still has that message from six months ago. And it's like, well, how do we get that? How do we update that? How do we keep that current? Having an opportunity that Almo is now presenting where a company um, can come in and sell that technology and then also sell this service that, hey, you know, we can generate that stuff for you. You can refresh monthly. You can refresh weekly. You can refresh yearly. And it's not going to come out of your overhead. And it's just a recurring, you know, as a service type um, uh, uh, solution that the integrator can actually offer without having to make that large investment. I think it's, it's huge. Um, Gary Kay did a thing with, um, with Almo back probably about 10 years ago in New York City, I remember him doing a speech about what's going on with digital signage. And his big thing was, hey, invest in graphics people right now because this is going to be your recurring revenue for this. Some people listened, some people didn't. And now, you know, 10 years later, Almo is, is invests in bringing that uh, service on board and is offering that to their their people. And it's, it's you know, it's very exciting to see something like that available. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brad, how does this acquisition fit into uh, Avix's focus on, on the experience that Avix is the, the audiovisual uh, integrated experience association? How does that, how does that, this acquisition fit into the experience aspect of AV installations? Well, uh, the acquisition itself, um, 
is 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 great and we're happy for for Jim and for Almo the, the bigger picture is just the acknowledgement um, and the recognition that you need to be thinking about content uh, you know as Jim as Jim said you, you can't just lead with technology whether it's digital signage or a lot of audiovisual solutions and, and the fact that uh, you know what Avix has been talking about when they talk about the experience is that it's more than technology it is the content it is the space that the solution is installed in um, and how you uh, approach content will, will vary. Uh, Almo's got, Almo and Jim have one solution. Um, other integrators may bring the uh, capability in-house. Um, one of the things that we're trying to do through our trade shows and whatever is to um, get content producers who do it in their own shops uh, involved with the association, not necessarily as members, but just you know at Las Vegas or, or in Orlando and meeting the AV professionals, because, um, you, you know, acquiring the capability won't work for everybody, but knowing people who are really good at content will be important. So we don't really care how um, people start to uh, offer content to their customers, uh, but that they do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, YT, I want to bring in you as a manufacturer. Um, what's the best way to educate integrators and, and honestly, designers uh, to, to really kind of capture what it is that, that products like yours and, and, and some of your competitors are capable of when they're designing a, a system and, and honestly you know, creating the content? Yes, of course. So I'll say, um, you know, the most efficient way is, of course, through the webinars. There are a lot of tons of webinars available. So I'll say whoever is, um, we, 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 we also have our monthly webinar about ProAV and KVM solutions. So that's one thing. But another thing I would like to bring up is, you know, since our first topic is about Elmo, I would like to talk about Elmo E4. I believe, you know, we all know about Elmo E4. It's a one-day event where they have tabletops and trainings. So, for example, Aten, we offer the certified HD-based training. So the trainees, you know, will come to our training and will be able to receive the HD-based installer certificate as well as 1.5 CTS, uh, Avixa CTS are used. Um, and I, I, I would love to share with you, I mean, because our training starts very early, like 7.30 a.m. in the morning, but still we can get a full house, like almost up to 50 people. So you can see people are eager to learn about um, the technology and the installation. And so another thing is, for example, in, in, uh, in the training, we'll talk about um, case study that's related to digital signage as well. So I have to say, because um, we, Aiton, we are a uh, um, great partner with Elmo as well. So I think by seeing Elmo, you know, they start with not just the hardware, but as well as their service, like Elmo Content, Elmo Connect, Elmo Control, et cetera. And now they have um, um, the, the, the digital, con uh, digital signage content. Um, it actually pretty echoes back to their message in Infocom this year, which is uh, no box. So basically back to the education um, topic, I'll say um, take advantage of um, events like um, E4 where you can see there are a lot of great uh, training and can help you uh, not only with your job, as, but as well as being able to equip with the knowledge for the project. Well, I, I just want to say this. It, I'm impressed the fact that you were able to get 50 people in a classroom at 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, actually, you know what? The first time we did was 3 p.m. And we didn't really have that many people because we found that people are, you know, pretty tired. It's been, yeah. it's been a whole day and people are ru running back to their 
to their home. So actually, seven thirty a.m. is a is a mm-hmm. is a great time. Wow. All right. Mm. Mm. All right, guys, our next story uh, comes to us from our friends over at AV Magazine. Avixa has published a new quote-unquote recommended practice. We'll get to that in a second on networked AV security. Uh, The recommended practice was developed by a task group of security experts and technology managers from ACOM, Bay Systems, Cornell University of Ithaca, Crestron, the European Center for Medium Range Weather uh, Forecast, Harman, and get this, the International Criminal Court. So, not people exactly uncaring about security. <laughs> Mr. Grimes, we're going to start with you for obvious reasons, since you are our, our resident Avixa expert, at least on this show. Um, first thing, though, uh, just for clarification, this came out of the Standards Committee, mm-hmm. but it's not a standard. <laughs> it's not. It's not. So a recommend practice, it's, it, uh, you know, standard, it, it went through many of the same processes that a standard would go to go through. Um, it, uh, it did have a task group. It had, uh, a, a bunch of people who, who it took a long time. This has been in the process for, for quite a while. Um, and it was vetted again by more security experts, but it did not go through the standards process. It's not a, you know, do this to increase security. It's, it's recommended practice. It's, it's sort of like a, it, it's, it's, I want to, I don't want to say a primer because that's too basic. It's about 35 pages and it is, um, it's a beginning of a conversation. Um, there's nothing to say that uh, once this is out there and people start to, um, you know, look at it and start to follow the recommended practices that we wouldn't create a standard out of it. But it is, um, it's been a long time coming, as I said, based on a lot of member feedback so that you, we know a lot of uh, folks in our industry who have been talking about uh, security of AV systems for a long time. A lot of those folks were involved and they, they wanted to create something that they could share with their peers that said, these are the types of things you need to talk about. If nothing else, if you'll just change all the default passwords on your de- devices from password to something else, you know, that's, and, and there are, you know, there's some very basic things. So that's, it's an awareness uh, raiser, if you will. But there are good, um, you know, like I said, best practices and recommendations and information in there that should get uh, AV people thinking about their devices as nodes on a network because they are. And uh, these are the steps you need to take. So it's, it's not a standard the way a lot of our other standards are. But, um, you know, once it's out there, and once we get the feedback, it could develop into uh, uh, certain discrete standards for different parts of the uh, of network security. All right. Yeah, that please change your password. Uh, yeah, just right there. <laughs> admin, uh, admin is not good for your router. No, <laughs> no password, password, or one. T- anyway, uh, yeah. we can go on forever. Uh, YT, do, do recommended practices like this and, and documents like this from trade organizations, you know, governing bodies that that are are obviously invested in in the industry, do they help you uh, when it comes to your product development and, and your your product timeline? Yes, of course. Um, I would say I, I think it's a really good um, report because I think it's like one step further. We are not just talking. We're not just talking about network. We're talking about security already. So for you know, like we ATEM, we actually start with KVM. Um, so we have um, experience and knowledge about the network infrastructure as well as the security. So, you know, data encryption, um, access to right, and even um, alert um, notification, things like that. Um, so I think yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really good thing. And you can think about it as a way to communicate as well. So, you know, in the private world, so many different components and solution providers, how do we sync up and have mutual understanding on the security 
um, level of um, um, communication. But another thing is, I would like to take take one step backward. Uh, the thing is, because you know, um, I mean, I believe we, I mean, we all go to Infocom, and we are seeing a lot of AV over IP solutions. Um, but but there's one thing that we would love to to share is. Um, on top of that, the, the knowledge of the network for the system integrators. Um, do we have enough knowledge? So, for example, do we know the difference between one key, ten key? Um, there are different characteristics, how to choose between them. Layer two, layer three, network switch, standalone, uh, stackable, IGMP, jumbo friends, this, like, this kind of things. And, you know, by saying AV over IP, there more that, um, of course, design installation is important, but I'll say another thing that we should really think about is doing troubleshooting. It's troubleshooting. You know, when, when back when we have sources, we have displays, there are different components in the middle. Oh, it's easier for us to do the troubleshooting, you know, which is remove one and see if it works. But think about it, how do we do troubleshooting over IP? Okay, we just don't get a video there. The IR signal- the entire switch out of the component and see if it's still- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so it's like, um, you know, so, so when there's like us, one thing we like to really talk about is um, be prepared, be equipped with the knowledge for the network, not just about design installation, but as well as the troubleshooting. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, so for example, for us, um, you know, we have our AV over IP um, solutions as well. So that's why we came up with the implementation guide, because we know um, this kind of questions will be asked from pro-AV world. Yeah, George, George White brings up a really good point about more and more AV going on the network. Mm-hmm. Understand this is not a standard, I'll, I'll say that again, it's a still a recommended practice, but it's still something that, that you as an user can, can use and, and kind of give to your integrators. How do folks like you and other end users make sure that these practices are put into place in your next installation? That's a good question. I mean, it, it's, it's a conversation that's long overdue for a lot of integrators. Um, in, in my particular case, um, we, our workplace technologies team is made up of AV guys and IT guys working together. We're not allowed to say AV or IT. We're, we're all uh, workplace technologies. So that's but, and which seemed a little silly to me at, at, at the very first second that I heard it, but then instantly I thought about it and said, well, wait a minute. That means there's no walls in between. So we're instantly automatically talking to the customers about solutions that, and it may go down an AV road, it may go down an IT road. And the whole thing is you really have to, nowadays with everything being on IP, um, you need to think about putting, having that security in place right from the beginning. Now the IT guys automatically think of that stuff. Um, the AV guys were a little late to the show and to have um, uh, recommended practices like this that we can start having the conversations internally or when we're dealing with larger customers whose um, IT and their security teams are actually at the table with you while you're talking, and they, they, that's the first question that they're asking. You can pull this out and say, this is what our industry is recommending, and this is what we follow. Uh, it's huge. I think it, it's, a, it's a huge sales tool for us. It's a huge integration tool for us as well. All right, Jim, we'll wrap it up with you. Um, what are some of the, the uh, security concerns that, that digital signage networks have? Uh, it's something that, that a lot of IT integrators may or may not think about a lot. Yeah, well, digital signage content is changing. Um, you know, just even a couple of years ago, it was mostly videos and, and images, mostly slideshows, digital posters, those types of things. And you still see that in 
digital out-of-home advertising, but a lot more networks are starting to have um, both uh, public and private data. So public data might be weather feeds or Twitter feeds or those types of things, but we're getting more and more requests for very, very, very sensitive private data to be distributed to um, in-house at corporate communication screens, those types of things. So, um, you know, a, a digital sign that has to be able to create an authentication to Salesforce um, and pull data back and display data in a very unique way of, uh, of you know, current sales results for a company or, or pulling from an exchange server. So, you know, security for us with those types of projects become uh, complex and uh, important and, and everything. And we're doing a lot of development and programming around that. So our work is not just creating pretty pictures for the screen, but content means also, um, you know, a Salesforce widget uh, a, uh, or other types of sensitive data that might be displayed on a screen and, and security for that is extremely important. And we're, we're finding ourselves, you know, we work with IT uh, departments just as much as we work with the AV integrators. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, finally, uh, from our friends over at Innovate, LG is partnering with Cisco for video conferencing systems. Uh, the, these new LG displays will detect, quote unquote, the Cisco system once it is plugged in for the first time and will interact with Cisco room uh, kits. Uh, it will also adapt. There's no in, uh, information on exactly what that means uh, on their first time that they're used. Uh, Cisco and LG actually will be able to monitor one another. So the Cisco will be able to tell the health and, and the, the uh, system um, uptime of the LG and the LG will be able to do the same thing uh, with the Cisco. George, first question is for you. Do partnerships like this matter when making a decision on, on products for, for you know, upgrades or, or, or new installations? Um, I think it depends on what you're trying to do. Um, if you're putting, you know, like from, from Danker's um, side of the world, we, we're a Steelcase dealer. And Steelcase has a huge partnership with Microsoft and Surface Up. So, they, you know, we're, we're living in that realm already. Um, but when uh, manufacturers team up and can, can provide you solutions that are supposed to make it easier for your integration, I think that there's a there's a big opportunity there. Um, you know, I'm going to be curious to see how well this works because they're doing it all over HDMI with CEC control, mm -hmm. um, and or as I call it, CEC doesn't control. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, you know, it'll be it'd be interesting to see how how well it actually really works. But um, for other companies, I mean, I know at FSR we we in my previous life we uh, we worked very closely with Crestron. Um, with uh, AMX at the time, so I'm dating myself there a little bit. Um, but you know, co-developing some some packages for you know mounting their products or for um, um, uh, control of their products or interface of, the, of some of their products when people needed you know um, uh, push button controls and stuff. And so so seeing some of that where the um, you know companies that actually can complement each other. In, a, in an established package that'll actually um, make it easier for the integrators to just say, hey, I know these two work together and I can plug them in and go. Um, yeah, repeatable uh, installations, uh, simple installations, um, you know, that, that type of uh, situation is, is, uh, affects the bottom line. It makes it a lot easier for them. I can, I can send my level B tech out to install and put, and put the stuff together then instead of having to make sure that I have a field engineer out there and I have a programmer out there and all that stuff. So it can affect, uh, affect the cost on the job real quick and um, uh, 
if it works, I think it would be a you know a great opportunity. And those those types of products are uh, you know that type those type of partnerships, I should say, um, could really you know uh, benefit everybody clear across the board. Yeah, absolutely, uh, YT from a manufacturing standpoint, what do manufacturers get out of out of partnerships like this? Obviously, there's a there's a there's a benefit to both parties in, involved. So so what are some of those benefits? Yeah, cool. Um, I'll say three things. Um, the first one. Um, I kind of would like to echo back to George, what George just mentioned, um, as well as our uh, previous discussions. It's about troubleshooting. Um, you know, it, it, the troubleshooting is not just system integrators' jobs. It's everyone's job. It's, it's, it's all related. So, again, imagine, you know, how many times... YT, just for the record, you just made every... Every field is very, very happy by saying that, just so you know. <laughs> oh, okay. Because, okay, okay, I, I, I can explain why we think of that way. Okay, so imagine how many times we have to do the troubleshooting when, you know, there's source, there's display, and just some issues. You know, for the system integrators, again, they have to remove the components to figure out which one is causing the problem. And um, in the system not to mention, for example, like three or four different components from three or four different vendors. That means he or she has to call three or four different numbers. And then for us, um, you know, we, we will walk through with them to figure out what's wrong. So by having the products integrated together, that means in-house is being tested, supposedly it's being fully tested. So it can save that kind of issue. Um, so for system integrators, they can save time on troubleshooting and spend more time on other projects. For end users, will be less system downtime because you know once it's not working, it's not working. Imagine if we are a bar owner and you know the workup is just finished, but if there's workup and our bar is not able to 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 do business because we don't have the sports on the TVs. Imagine how painful that would be. And for vendors, we can you know spend more time on opportunities with the system integrators. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is um, the integration, especially for control system. So for example, you know, control system, um, so like us, we have our device driver. So for the system integrator is they do not need to key in the R232 codes for themselves, or they don't have to learn the IR codes for the IR remote controllers. So that's the, the benefits of this kind of control system integration. And the third one that I, I really would like to bring up is um, the business. After all, the business, because, you know, so many times when we jump into the concourse with either the system integrators or even some end, end users who have engineers, when we talk about our video wall solutions, we talk about video extenders, then they will ask also, do you have recommended displays or projectors? So that's when we can bring them together. Because for example, let's say if there are some other vendors who've been working together and we are testing our products together, that's not, again, not only beneficial to us as manufacturers, but beneficial to system integrators and for the end users as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jim, I'll ask you uh, real quickly, um, what, what sort of partnerships like this uh, make sense in the, in the, in the signage market? Yeah, in, specifically to content, um, there's a couple partnerships that, have, uh, that we've started to capitalize on already. Um, one of those is uh, there's a, a, you know, a peerless kiosk that has a bright sign player built into it. And, um, for us, uh, that means we can actually do some wayfinding or donor walls or those types of interactive solutions as a touchscreen, um, and uh, essentially ship. We, our our work is we ship an SD card, a micro SD card, 
Um, so we do all the content, we do all the programming, we do it all set up and the client's happy with the way it looks. And what they receive from us is a micro SD card or even the files emailed to them that go on that micro SD card. So we get really excited about these types of options. Uh, for years, there's been, everyone's tried to do like a digital menu in a box where you, you purchase that, that, that panel and there's a phone number or contact or something where you can contact somebody and then they're going to help design and set up your, your actual menu content. Um, and, and that's coming. I don't think anybody's been too successful with it, but I, I feel like it's uh, that code's about to be cracked. So, All right. Very good. Well, that, that will do it for us. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Mr. Brad Grimes from Avixa. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate it. How do people find you and or Avixa? Uh, Vixa is obviously at avixa.org or at avixa on Twitter, and I tweet at bgrimesdc. Sorry, I had to remember that. All right. Uh, Mr. Fournier, good to see you, sir. And congratulations on the new gig. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, Danker can be found online at, uh, at Danker1829. That was the year they were founded. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're, we're coming up on uh, 190 years old uh, mm -hmm. next year. Wow. That's a lot of candles. Yeah, that's a lot of candles. We, we're, we're still working on building the cake for the 200. <laughs> you can also find us on, on the web at danker.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter um, at George V. Fournier because I wanted to make the simplest, easiest to find uh, Danker, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Twitter uh, handle possible. <laughs> um, and you can also find me on the Instagram and the, the, uh, the uh, Facebooks. <laughs> very good. George also has a, a very nice uh, organization called uh, AV Gives Back. So check them out mm -hmm. as, well, as well. It does some good work. Yeah, um, if you, especially if you're doing anything uh, community related, please make sure to use the hashtag, um, hashtag AV Gives Back, and we'll make sure to share your information and get it out to as many people as possible. Absolutely. Uh, YT, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. How do people find you uh, or A10? Uh, sure. Uh, besides our website, uh, www.a10.com, you can find us in LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, and one of my favorite is our YouTube channels because um, on our YouTube channels, you can see the successful stories. Um, for example, the bar, um, the corporate, the education, etc. Uh, and you can find me through LinkedIn at um, YTLING as well. All right, very good. Uh, and Mr. Nista, thank you, sir. And, and congratulations again on the acquisition of your company. And, and how do people find you or, uh, or Almo now? Well, it's uh, almoproev.com is the place to go for all of that. And um, all of the sales reps have already been selling content services already. So it's uh, just uh, more of the same, um, uh, hopefully a lot more of the same. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is Tom Albright. Uh, don't follow me on the Twitters. I will either complain about the Cardinals because uh, Grimes is a freaking Cubs fan. Uh, <laughs> Or, or what? Uh, forget it. We're, we're recording this on Friday, and apparently the cards are, the cards are playing the Cubs, and it, my money is on the Cubs. And don't tell my wife I said that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the website, if you would please, avianation.tv, avianation.tv. You will find this program and a host of others. Uh, while you're there, uh, please check out our, our underwriter section. These are the folks and the companies that help us and support us financially, help us bring you AV Week and Resi Week and all the other great shows that we have also helps us uh, to cover Infocom, which, is, which we did a month ago, and Cedia in a couple months, and a whole bunch of other uh, shows that we go around uh, the, uh, the country and honestly around the world uh, covering. Uh, also, one last thing, our July webinar takes place this Tuesday, so we're recording this on, on Friday. We'll post this on Monday, so tomorrow, as you're listening to this, uh, is, our, is our next webinar. 
Steve Greenblatt, Dave Hatz, and Dave Barnett uh, from the Sextant Group is joining us, talking about module migration between all the different uh, uh, control platforms, uh, dynamic um, uh, data-driven user interfaces, and uh, network control systems. So check that out also. Uh, that's Tuesday at 1 o'clock Eastern. All that and more at avianation.tv, avianation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time we have for AV Week. Thank you.